Then after that, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Allah أَلَّ صَمَدٌ Al-Samad. Note here another point. Allah, Qulhu Allah, Ahad. And we said it, the definite article is missing from Ahad. Right? But do you have the definite article in Al-Samad? Now you have the definite article, al the samad So why do we have the definite article in Samad and we don't have the definite article in Ahad? Now, Note that the way we've, we, we've, we've talked about the, 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 the surah so far excludes the other readings. Because the other reading said, Qul is not needed. You could say, Hu Allahu Ahad. Another reading say, Allah Ahad. Another reading say, Qul Hu Allah Al-Wahid. So far, the way we've interpreted the verse excluded all the other readings, which I frankly believe is improper, that the other readings have, have no place. Nonetheless, they've been reported. Again, it is a, a curious point of interest that they have not been censored out of Islamic tradition, but were preserved. Some of has a meaning and several connotations. Samad means that which you depend on in situations of need. In Arabic, al-masmood ilayhi fil hawaj. Al-masmood ilayhi fil hawaj, meaning that you rely on in situations of need. Also, it means that which is solid, strong, has no weakness. It also connotes that which is so fine, so fine, so smooth, that no particles of dust can mingle with, with. That's why when you want to describe marble that is so fine, that dust is it's so, can you imagine something so fine, so slippery, that nothing can stay on it because of how fine it is. Then you say, Rukhamun Samad. Rukhamun Samad. Marble that is so fine that even literally water cannot cling to. Because, I mean, how do things cling, right? Things cling because there is certain impurity that it, it, it connects to. But if something is so fine, then it just slips right over off it. So, a samad, something that is solid, you rely on in, in case of need, something that has no weakness, and something that is so fine that it cannot be mingled with any impurities. This is why, why the idea of uniqueness and dependability come in together. Combined in it, in a sum up, is 
the sifa idafiya and sifa salbiya. What did we say a sifa idafiya is? Is a shared characteristic. And what did we say a sifa salbiya is? Unique characteristic. So combined in a samad is the sifa idafiya, the shared characteristic, and a sifa salbiya, unique characteristic. The shared characteristic. The sifa idafiya is that you rely on God, on Allah. You rely on others as well. A child relies on his parents. I will rely on the kindness of others, or the support of others, or the loyalty of others. It's just that on, with Allah, you rely on Allah more than anything else. The unique characteristic of Siva Salbiya in a Samad is that huwa التغيير, not susceptible to change, which is another connotation of Samad, unchangeable. Here, nothing in existence is unchangeable. Everything is changeable. So, it combined the Tashbih and it combined the tanzih. Important to emphasize. Solid, unchangeable, and dependable. You seek when you need. So why do we have the definite article in Samad and not in Ahad? Because Samad connotes that that you seek out in the case of need. That which you seek out in the case of need. You seek out in the case of need what you know. So to the extent you know God, you seek out in the case of need. And so the definite article came to designate that which is Familiar to you as a definite. But Ahad, God, unique, singular, the sense to which God is singular, or the nature of God's singularity, is something that you do not know, or human beings do not know by its very nature. Consequently, the definite article is missing. So, for example, if I say the Khalid, it implies that you know who the Khalid is. It's familiar to you. Because if I tell you, if you come and, and, and talk to me and I say, oh, yes, the Muhammad. It immediately you would think it's Muhammad the Prophet because why you think I must be talking to someone you know if I used it as to someone you don't know and I said no when I told you the Muhammad I meant my neighbor in Egypt you'd say I'm crazy how could I invoke to you that that you do not know but when I come and talk to you about Muhammad a Muhammad 
then I am telling you, you must understand, you must seek from me the knowledge of that A Muhammad. Because it's not familiar to you. You don't know it. So, when I said Allah al-Samad, the Samad, I am telling you, you know it. The dependable. The one you seek out, the one you go to when you need. In that sense, it's not going to be difficult. But when I'm talking about God, singular, the implication is that it is not inherent to you, it is not inherent to you to understand God in the Sifat Salbiya. And what did we say Sifat Salbiya are? Unique characteristics. Or in the sense of Tanzih, in God's uniqueness. That is something that you're going to have to get to know. This is a different way of saying that we human beings understand things in our infantile nature, in our infantile state, or in our self-centered way. We understand things in reference to us. To the extent that they are similar to us. We do not understand things that are dissimilar to us. That's why a lot of misunderstanding happens in existence. Because there are a lot of things that are dissimilar. To the extent that they are dissimilar to us, we have the difficulty comprehending or understanding their nature. Now, when we have something that is quite unique, quite undissimilar to anything that we are used to, then we have a, an enormous problem. To the extent that something is similar, we understand it. So, Samad, the Samad, like saying the Muhammad, connotes a certain extent of familiarity. While the singular connotes a certain extent of distance in fact if it hadn't been for this distance all I needed to do is to say huwa huwa qul huwa huwa or even qul huwa that's it al-samad assumes a certain familiarity and need I mean, a certain familiarity that comes from the fact that we understand things to the extent that they're similar to us. And to the extent that they arise from a dynamic and a relationship with us. But when something is dissimilar and unique, the language reflects the lack of familiarity. That is why we say, talk to the Muhammad, then you know who are talking. But if I say talk to a Muhammad, then, then you must get to know who that Muhammad is. So when it says, Allah, قُلْهُ Allah, Ahad, then you must get to know in what sense Allah is Ahad. Singular. In what sense the Tanzih exists, Al-Sifat Al-Salbiya exists. But when I say Allah, Al-Samad, the dependable, the one that you need, the one you seek out, 
that immediately implies that to that extent it is not a matter of comprehension as much as a matter of natural inclination or simply gratitude, acknowledgement of what actually is the state of affairs. So, here's an interesting point. When one says, yo, you want to understand Allah, understand how much you need Allah. Actually, that's not entirely true. That's really a point of gratitude. That's really not a point of understanding. That's a point of gratitude. You want to understand. You reflect upon how different Allah is. That's the, the, the tanzih part. Now, you want to attain complete understanding is to understand the extent to which Allah is similar, the tashbih, and the extent to which Allah is different, the tanzih, the extent to which Allah is huwa, and that the huwa brings in the similar and the unique in the same instance. 